This is crazy. We're asking ourselves all these stupid questions. When the answer's right up there. Ray, what are you doing? Let me speak to Amber. Eagle, whatever her name is. Amber! I want to speak to her. Bray, I did all you asked of me. I broke the law of the tribe bringing you here. Now you must leave. What, just like that? I think you should get some rest. You'll be needing it. I will not rest till I know the truth. Amber! I know you're up there. Just come on out. Say it's me, Bray. You remember? Or is it just that you don't care anymore? Amber! You don't want to know me anymore. At least have the guts to tell me to my face. Ever! Welcome to Series 3, Episode 6 of Conversational Legal Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. And Sabine. Hi. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 6, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed, and the episode synopsis read out by myself. Shocked and confused at seeing Amber alive, Bray, Dow, Lex and Ebony discuss how she could have survived. But only one person has the answers and she's determined to keep her distance and send them away. Can they convince her to speak to them? Panel, this is a Bramber's dream episode. (laughs) Is it? Yeah. (laughs) This is what they've been waiting for for an entire season. Before we get into the details, I just want to say that I thought this episode was quite well shot and written but i'm sure you guys have got other opinions (laughs) no i will say this about this episode on and when you take away what the reasons are going to be that will be given as to why all of this is happening without those reasons i also agree with you i think this is a well shot episode Mm -hmm. i actually think it's in um the like the kind the question mark that you're getting out of this episode is also really good i like that it goes against expectation like you said, this is the Bramber episode. Brambers who've been, you know, wearing black crepe all year <laughs> um, are like, oh my gosh, she's back and she and Bray will get back together or whatever. And instead of giving you that, instead we get an, an Amber who has wants nothing to do with her friends. There's so many reasons she could be feeling that way, but it's not what we expect. It's absolutely devastating to have her respond to them this way. And um, again, if you don't know what the reason is, it's actually really intriguing. Like what pushed Amber to this place where she doesn't even want to see her friends, you know? Mm. Um, So all of that, like before you find out why is actually really good, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I do have to agree with that. It is a nice idea. And no, once I got over the, Oh no, they, they revived someone really part of that. Yeah. This episode I do like just you know for the way it is and the way it's shot is rather pretty so Mm -hmm. i just don't want to think about the why (laughs) none of us want to think about the why (laughs) the why drags it right down (laughs) and yeah we're going to talk about obviously that a lot in the next episode um as well as a few different perspectives as well like actually you know we'll talk about about next episode it's fine (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, to start off with, um, Pride is surprised that Eagle wants to immediately send Bray and the others away, then have the Gaians move camp. He quickly reasons that the Morats remind her of her old life in the city and tells her about the Chosen before leaving her with memories of Bray. Barred from seeing her, Bray screams out her name. So yeah, panel, like, as we mentioned, this must have been quite a shock to Bray and the fans that they did, this happy reunion didn't happen. Um, yeah, what did you make of Amber's knee-jerk reaction? And what did you make of the aftermath with Amber slightly crying in her hut while Spray is crying out her name? Hmm. I'm actually quite happy that we didn't get a, get a happy reunion instantly. Because, you know, it's she was dead. Now she isn't. And it's not just instantly back to the way things were when we last saw her. And I do like that. Because time has passed. For everyone, but especially for Amber, because her life has totally changed. And yes, she doesn't want to think about her old life. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I, I, I actually think it's far more interesting than if she'd been thrilled to see them and gave them a hug. Because then if she was happy to see her friends, you'd have to be like, well, then why the frick did you stay away? You know, but her having such an adverse reaction to them 
it implies there's a good reason why she stayed away. You know, that she's been traumatized by whatever happened on that mountain, you know, and um, it's just gives her a much stronger point of view and really, you know, uh, and gets you invested in wanting to know why she would have stayed away all this time. And it's just a, it's a better emotion to work with, especially since, as Sabine pointed out, time has passed. These aren't the same people they were on Eagle Mountain. Things have changed for all of them. And we saw how much things changed for the Marats. We can only imagine what's happened to Amber, what's changed her. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's, and if you're one of those people who likes that kind of dramatic, you know, emotion, this is right for it. It's perfect. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually like it. Um, I feel bad for people who were really excited about this reunion and we're just once again kicked in the face <laughs> but as a storyteller i really do like it and i think all of it combined with her seeming anger at first but then you see her in tears you realize it's more there's a lot more going on there's a lot of emotions she's swallowing down right now and it makes me even more desperate to know what happened amber you know mm -hmm. what happened that could make you go from you would have done anything for these people to it hurts you to even look at them, you know, to, and want to deal with them, want them to go away and want to keep running as soon as they've shown up and, and embrace devastation. He, he must be, oh my gosh, what a week he's had. Like, <laughs> first, first, the love of his life, I mean, the light of his life died, or at least he thinks, he thinks he's dead. They tried to burn him at the stake and now this. <laughs> Zombie ex-girlfriend, yeah. Poor Bray. He is six feet from the edge, and he's thinking maybe six feet ain't so far down. Mm -hmm. That's a good point, actually. I forgot all the things he's actually shouldering at the moment. Oh, and, and we forgot. First, he was in the accident in the car mm -hmm. and hit his head and injured his poor ankle and was traumatized by the Guardian with all the flashing images and sounds of his brother. Exactly. Poor guy. Yeah. No wonder he's a mess. Like, Bray's ready to go postal. And I will say this. Now, remember when we had the episode where uh, Bray is supposed to be being built up with such an emotion that when he finally gets to the beach, we complain that they built him up to want to do something and then they didn't let him do anything. So it was just a waste of getting him there, like putting him through this emotional crank. Mm -hmm. But here, I actually think they did a good job cranking the emotional tension for poor Bray, you know, where he's finally going to crack and be like, no, no, I will beat everyone up in this camp if that's what it will take to get in front of Amber and get some freaking answers, mm -hmm. you know. Why is this the first time I'm feeling bad for Bray and all of this? Oh, it's not the first time, sweetie. You've admitted to feeling bad for him before. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, for this moment. It was such yeah. a good shot. Like him screaming yeah. out for her, and you see that shot with her, the side of her face while she's crying, and it transitions to the the, the mm -hmm. day. Oh, that was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, what did you make of the little tidbits we get about the guys themselves? Like um, that there's a council, but like Amber's kind of the head leader, um, and how they choose their names. Yeah, I I like it, but I wish we had more info on them. I just I needed more of them. I needed to see more. Mm -hmm. As you know, in this camp, it seems like there's a lot more people. But yeah, there's there's other shots where they seem like a very small group. And it's odd to see some familiar faces that we've seen throughout the city in this tribe. I like those little details. I agree with Sabine. I would have liked to see more. But since we are just being introduced to them, I'm mm -hmm. okay with what we're getting. And I do feel like these details are not sloppily thrown together you know, when mm -hmm. introducing us to a new group. In the same way that, you know, we were introduced to the Chosen very slowly, I feel like this also speaks to the reality they live in and how the city, how people have been affected by their world and or life in the city. Like um, the fact that they have a council, that just lines up with the way Amber would have run a larger group of people. That's just like, yeah, that makes sense. That's what Amber would want to do. I mean, when she was with the Mallrats, she wasn't just the leader. She was one of three leaders, you know? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so if she had a larger group, yeah, it makes sense that Amber would want a council. She would want to hear the voices of others and make sure this was 
a democracy and there was a fairness and a consensus on decisions. Mm -hmm. The fact that we see some familiar faces also works because in the same way that you see Luke and know that he once was a loco and then you see him with the chosen and you can infer what the story is there. Seeing familiar faces of the Gaians tells you there were kids who also left the city but chose to go a different way and ended up here, you know, and. Um, oh, yeah. No, I, I do totally get that part that kids from the city city left and ended up here. It's more the level of surprise about Amber being who Amber was. It's it's more that, you know, Pride did not know that she was Morat, which makes me wonder if the other city kids we see didn't know that either. It's possible if they only time she ever really made a public appearance was at the tribal gathering. Yeah, fair enough. With other leaders at the tribal gathering. And so if you didn't spot her there, the Mallrats weren't really known in the yeah. city. So she could easily go undercover and just never mm -hmm. talk about where she's from. And I, I think it's plausible. Yeah, it is. It's just, uh, it always confuses me with how much credit they give for Amber and everything she's done and how well known she was in the city versus what she actually was. That's just crap writing right there. That's just Danny yeah, that's Erasure. Bad, very bad writing. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's a nice introduction to these guys. And um, But then again, I'm really partial to Ewok kind of living, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. This was fair like enough. my dream life as a child. <laughs> oh my gosh! They made it work. They seem so industrious. Everybody's got wow. something to do. and Because you would. You live like that. You always have something that needs to be done. You know, and um, I could do without Amber's costume. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Just no, no. Uh, I think it's more the color palette rather than the design. Because um, I do like the, I get the whole, like the homage to tribal headdresses and like large pieces mm -hmm. that denote who you are in the tribe. That doesn't bother me, but I just think <laughs> her in Pride's spandex. Um, and some of the colors are just like, these are not natural. You guys wouldn't have found these out here. You had to have gone shopping in the city to get these pieces. They look more like gulls than they do guyans. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I want to touch on it before the next episode. I mean, there's an there's a, uh, exchange between Pride and Amber. We've got to look to the future now. There's no point in looking back. Not even to make sure our enemies aren't following us. Zoot is dead, Pride. I was there when it happened. That's what they're saying about you. And I just kind of want to briefly talk about that because, like, like by introducing like the ability, I guess, to resurrect a character, do you kind of feel like that kind of reduces and removes like some of the jeopardy from the show? Like, I mean, there's like an uns unspoken like contract between viewers and a show where obviously we know the main characters are always 99% going to survive, but we go along for the ride and the journey. But like by introducing ways that they can always come back, like, you know what I mean? Does that not, does that irritate it, you? It, does that annoy you? It messed with me, especially when pride said, well, that's what they said about you. I was instantly going, Oh, seriously, are they going to bring suit back? And I was both excited and horrified at the idea. Mm, you know what I mean? That opens that kind of words. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Personally for me, also because I watched everything out of order the first time around, um, I didn't think it had taken it to a place that basically would make death seem pointless. They will later, but right now it didn't seem like they'd gone too far with it. Mainly because when Zoot hasn't been resurrected, but in the fact that as far as the Chosen are concerned, he still lives on just in a new form that they worship, you know, and forcing him back into the lives of everybody else. So Amber so far is the only character that, you know, has actually turned out not to be dead. So I didn't feel like they had taken it too far yet. And it's like, as long as they've got a plausible reason for what happened to her, this is, mm -hmm. this is working for me. Um, obviously later they, yeah, they, they take away, they break that trust with the audience and it takes away any sense of actually worrying that someone's in danger um, because it's like, nah, no one's ever really dead and no one's ever really gone. They just disappear until the show can get them back can, and then they will conveniently reappear or whatever. It just, it doesn't mm. get, like death may be sad, but it is a conclusive ending for a character. 
and the audience is left to reckon with that how they will. But when you don't give conclusive endings for characters, Mm -hmm. the audience is constantly left in a sense of limbo. And while sometimes you can string them along with a character leaving and they're left to hope they'll see them again, you can't do that with every single character that goes away. There's no satisfaction. There's no closure. And there's no trust anymore for the audience. Mm Mm-hmm. So right now they haven't ruined it, but it's coming down the pipe. And I wonder if bringing Amber back opened the floodgates for them mm-hmm. of realizing, huh, we can just bring back anybody as long as we don't actually kill them. We just make them go away and they just lost their minds with it. Yeah. For me, it may be hopeful for certain things. I mean, both afraid and hopeful when it comes to suit, but it did make me wonder if... Danny was permanently gone, for instance. Yeah, I know I'm one of the few who wanted her back. I just wanted to see what would happen if we would have had Amber and Danny in the same place at some point, especially after all this. You're not alone. Um, I think that would have been interesting. That would have been interesting character development for Bray, Danny, and Amber if he'd actually found her after having accepted that he was never going to, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we find her, like, in some chosen prison you know and then they're like what would bray be stuck with the obligation to help her heal bring her back you know um but by the time we get towards the end of season three and the fact that we never speak of danny again Mm -hmm. i was like nah she ain't coming back they're not (laughs) but i'm not i don't think there's anything wrong with being like i was hoping she would because that would have been quite interesting and they were like oh no and that's why they never speak of her because they wanted to kill that hope dead in its tracks Mm with all those girlfriends i mean they do that storyline later with like pry may may and celine mm-hmm. it doesn't matter as much oh, to yeah. us mm. you know it would have been much better to try it out with these three but yeah what's the matter dad something i said something you didn't say more like oh i don't get it someone we thought was dead turns up alive and and you aren't even surprised how come I'd live to see half the population wiped out. Nothing surprises me anymore. Okay, um, <laughs> whilst Bray has nightmares of the past, Ebony watches over him. In the morning, Dow wonders why Ebony doesn't seem surprised that Amber is alive, and she tells him that nothing surprises her in this world, though later she seems keen to convince Bray that they are wasting their time and that they should leave. Yeah, I mean, if the show hasn't made it clear by now, it was obvious that Ebony has some kind of connection to events up in Eagle Mountain. Um, we'll get to that next episode, but what did you make of Ebony's specific answer to Dow here and her general scheme in order to win Bray and how it just doesn't really gel with her series two actions? Hmm. I I don't, I don't, (laughs) I mean, again, it's, it's okay that she's suspicious, you know, um, but, I don't know. I I guess there's an argument for it that it's okay, that it works, you know, but all I keep thinking is it doesn't work because I know what the answer is. And I just trying to make Ebony the villain in this storyline just takes it strips her so much of her own personal agency. And I mean, Ebony was so good in season two, you know what I mean? And they were just so good at laying the, the, the groundwork for every plot she was plotting and her motivations for it, even if her actions were reprehensible, it was very clear mm-hmm. why she was doing it. And we were just like, Ooh, you're so bad, but we love it. You're such a great villain. But here she's a sloppy villain and it's insulting to her as a character, how this is all being handled. And so it's not weird that she's suspicious. It's not weird that she may have something to do with this. It's just not bad. It's not well done. And it, Again, once the answer comes out, Ebony looks like a friggin' idiot, you know, of how she went against, went about this form of villainy. And it's like, Ebony, we know you're smarter than this and better than this. And I just, I, I, I don't. See, I never thought that Ebony's idea was very much thought out. I think she just decided in a split second what we see happening in the flashbacks on what she did say to Amber. And the things he did after that. 
because that wasn't something she planned out because that would mean she would have known they would get blown up but yeah she didn't she didn't think it true because you know what if she did the things she did and amber just came walking up back then i was just gonna say that i think the biggest problem is her motivation we will find out that her motivation is that she wanted Bray for herself and it just doesn't work because Mm. as lance said her actions in season two do not line up if her motivation for what she did on the mountain was simply because she wanted control of the antidote wouldn't that just make way more sense because that's what she was doing all throughout season to the first half of season two is just trying to get her hands on that antidote yeah <laughs> yeah but you know just keep in mind that just before you see this eagle mountain scene and yes she has been trying to get her hands on the antidote, but she's also been getting her hands all over Bray. I mean, the scene with Bray and Ebony at the pool was not that long before Eagle Mountain and the explosion. Yes, it doesn't make sense for how she acted in season three, uh, season two, sorry. But that first, you know, that first moment on Eagle Mountain did match with what we saw at the end of season one. So you're in support of the photo. <laughs> I'm not in support of the photo. I just think I, I, just, I just think that if if the argument is she was still in love with Bray, mm. uh, then at the moment she did it, which was you know during the explosion or well just after, it still makes more sense at that point in time than it does now. See, that's the problem. Season two came before we were given this reason. You know, they did not write season two thinking that Ebony had anything to do with Amber's disappearance and it was because she loves Bray. That's the problem. That's what they chose to write in season two. So they can't retcon it based on some of the actions she took in season one. Yeah, but we did see her, you know, have those actions at the end of season one. We did see her, you know, tell Bray that she could comfort him if he wanted to and instantly get shut down. No, it's just too much like Daenerys Mm -hmm. Stormborn. I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, Daenerys has been hot-headed and burned people before, but that doesn't justify her burning King's Landing. I'm never going to buy that that's how she would respond (laughs) to the bells. I'm sorry. I know she's had a really rough year, but you, this is not the girl you built up. This is not what you showed us for eight seasons. She wouldn't do this. And I'm looking at Ebony. I'm like, sure. I know she's been into Bray. I know she's made moves on Bray, but the majority of what Ebony has wanted doesn't line up with what you're going to tell me she did and how she did it. Like, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. For me, it ties in more with, you know, how we saw Ebony after she was taken by Spike and tormented and the way she was towards Bray at that moment. That matches more with the actions we now get told about. Well, we will have to agree to disagree respectfully on this one. Um, And it's cool. I still love you. (laughs) My irritation is from the storyline, not you, baby girl. (laughs) No, it doesn't make what Ebony did right. It's it's fair to say that Ebony's feelings for Bray aren't consistent. It doesn't feel like it's consistent in her motivations and actions. But she's like, she's hot and she's cold. It's like, Hmm. she wants him, but the moment he says he doesn't want her she instantly goes into oh but i was just playing with you i never really wanted you anyways out of self-defense i think this they forget that while (laughs) ebony cares about bray she's still holding the torch he's her first love sometimes you cannot let it go it's like that song i'll never get over you getting over me and i've been ebony in that not being able to let go of someone and swinging in and out of infatuation for that love okay but we never, they, they can't forget that her first priority is power. It always has been. That's what she puts ahead of everything, you know? I mean, it's only until she hits rock bottom in season two that she thinks she actually considers putting love ahead of power, you know? <laughs> and it's very mm-hmm. brief mm-hmm. that she goes through that um, feeling of like, you know, maybe I've been prioritizing the wrong thing in my life. And that's why I'm so sad, lonely, and miserable. But 99% of the time, <laughs> Ebony puts, I want power and control ahead of everything. Everything else will be a nice bonus if I get it, but mm. power first and um And then chaos. Yeah. You know, and then and then the bonus of finding somebody 
a little boy toy that I can have would be great, you know? <laughs> yeah, helps if he's pretty. I'm again, I'm okay with this build up before we get the answer. It is interesting. And you're just like, what did you do, Ebony? What do you know, Ebony? You so desperately don't want Bray to find out about it. <laughs> and um, you're worried about what he's going to think when he finds out. You're clearly concerned about that, you know? And so it's, it's nice intrigue. Um, Mm-hmm. And of course, her being flippant about Amber being alive and why she's not shocked. That's just an ebony answer. It worked. Yeah. I, I, I love that answer, by the way. I thought yeah. that was pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I, half the world died. I'm, why, why should I be surprised at anything? <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, he has a point. This is good. It's just when you get the answers, it, it's bad in retrospect. You know, by itself, mm. it's fine. It's just, it's not a satisfying answer to the mystery they're laying down here. Yeah, the, the pieces are can be good, but when you join them all together. <laughs> Which makes me wonder, I think you mentioned it maybe last episode or the one before, Lance. You had said that the way Amber's resurrection has been handled, you felt that wasn't really the writers, but more a prerequisite the writers were forced to include in that way. Because we know these guys are good writers. Mm-hmm. And I just do not think that if they had full reign on how to handle bringing Amber back, I don't think this is how they would have chosen these reasons. I really feel like those were demanded. Like, this is the reason she came back. Make it work. And the writers were like, that's not what I would have chosen. I don't think it's very good. But okay, we'll try to make that work. But I just don't think it was their idea. I'm just being straight. No, um, yeah, that's my thinking. Yeah. You know, it, it's... Like this has this has to be the reason she what happened. This has to, it, and there was nothing they could do about it because I just don't believe that these writers, that's what they would have con- come to the conclusion. They would have brought Amber back, and it would have been really interesting. I don't think we would have gotten the same answer if the writers had been in charge of what the answer was. Would have loved to see what the answer was then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, David Fox is a lot better than this. I I, I feel like this was a, a Ray decision how she came back, and then they just had to make it work. That's just my personal feelings, but because these guys are better than this, we've we've seen them, we've seen their episodes. Um, yeah, this like concept it didn't come from them. I don't feel. What do you make of that? Who cares? I'm starving. Ali, no, don't. Why? It's an apple. Apples have been doing people in since the beginning of time. Remember Adam and Snow White, both lured to their fate by a shiny red apple. Just like the one in your hand. On the other hand, it might not be an apple at all. Okay, uh, let's briefly head to the mall because there is a single scene set in there where Ellie complains of <laughs> hunger and Luke decides to give her an apple, though Alice counsels her against eating it. Um, I mean, it was a pretty strange scene, I thought. Like, it's like it, there's a lot of symbolism and references to like poison apples and Adam and Eve. What, what did you think of it all? <laughs> I. I have to. It, it is one of the scenes I really, really liked with Lust. Just you know, her response being, you know, what could be giving you this apple? But it, it's kind of hinting at the something more that we will see later. Because yeah, what does that apple mean? And I always really liked the symbolism of it. So Alice pointing that out to me was just fun too. Um, it is a little odd, uh, but I do like it. And I like it because it's true. You know, this apple, this gift, this offer of mm-hmm. almost a friendship, kindness, mercy. You're hungry. Here you go. I'm that kind of person. I will feed someone who's hungry, especially if I can get away with it from Luke. It is a temptation down a path that Ellie likely would not have gone down. Um, I will talk about it later, but it does put Luke... Um, actions into question given that ellie is his younger vulnerable prisoner and can never consent to what happens between them but anyway (laughs) i i like the symbolism because it is such an innocent fruit but the connotations that come from apples in our lore in our history um do you bite this do you it's a hook it's a lure you know and yet it's an innocent fruit given in an innocent way i I actually like it you know um yeah especially when you think about the path that leads ellie down you know yeah 
And it feels very Alice to point something like that out. I mean, it, it feels like she's both teasing her sister and also sharing her opinion on it at the same time. Not to mention, any gift you're being given from the Chosen has to be questioned. Mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to want in exchange for this show of kindness? Like, nothing comes yep. without strings attached when you're dealing in when you're in this situation. So, um, her warning is also very apt there. Like, yeah. nothing is free in our situation right now, sis. You know. Yet here, here Ellie is, and poor Ellie is in just the right emotional state for attachment disorder <laughs> and <laughs> trauma bonding at its best. <laughs> I know it's a small thing, but it does bug me. I, I hate how they can just walk up to the cafe and sit down, and grab some drinks. <laughs> it, it just annoys me just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Subtle freedom they're given. It's never, it just within, like literally it was only two episodes ago. These guys couldn't even go to their rooms and now they're just freely. And then it was like, okay, they have free reign of the downstairs in the mall, but now they can just walk upstairs <laughs> And like that's where the supreme mother is being held, and sometimes yeah. it's where the divine child is. And when you yeah. think you're just, they can just do that now. Like, are you serious? I, you made such a show of not letting them go up to the cafe and get their food two episodes ago, mm-hmm. and now they're just chilling up there. They're not. I understand <laughs> they'd be working, but no, they're just having a drink. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? Do, it starts to make their complaints about life in there stop making sense because visually Mm -hmm. it doesn't match up yeah and it's just like (laughs) each episode they pop in a little bit more weird freedom for them and you're like wait what are you guys complaining about you can't keep saying you're hungry when we we clearly see you being fed on the regular and see you just regularly wandering around your mall (laughs) yeah so it's not slave it's not slave labor 24 7 obviously Right, like you guys clearly could be chilling alone and having meetings together and making plans, but mm. you're not doing that with your time. Yeah, it's, it's really odd. <laughs> like, I don't understand why they're not on the chain game more, especially Alice. You think you wouldn't take advantage of that strength? She's a workhorse. You would have her out there constantly breaking mm-hmm. her down and making sure she was too weak to do anything else but sleep when she was at the mall. Yeah, you know, or mm-hmm. or just the mental part of it that the Guardian absolutely would. You know, make Alice work her family's farm yeah. and see them wreck it. I mean, that would be complete mental torture for that poor girl. And they don't, which is so, so weird. Very weird. So, yeah, it's, it's really only for the first three episodes that I feel like actually set the stage for what how horrifying captivity would be like. And then immediately it was like, okay, we don't care anymore. They're trapped in the mall. We've established it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Their issue is they cannot go outside when they want to. It's like, um, that was like all of season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just how the bullies are inside, not outside. And in season two, these guys didn't even want to go outside most of the time. Mm-hmm. Had the freedom to do it. But every time there was like someone like, hey, you want to go out with me and do this? They'd be like, eh, nah. <laughs> Like, what are you even doing in the mall? It's not like you have a tablet or a phone or anything to entertain yourselves with. Go outside. They are teenagers, though. If you tell them they can't go outside, they don't want to. And if they can't go outside, that's all they're dreaming of. That's true. They just want it because they can't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as for this little scene, I did like it. No matter how messed up it is. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's actually really creepy. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. Like, I'm just thinking of what Ellie's headspace is like in this moment and what the last few days have been like for her. And then one of her captors shows her this kindness. And it's just, it becomes creepy when you know where this is going and mm. you think about the, the power dynamics between she and Luke. I'm like, yes. ah, it's and not I- so cute. <laughs> And when I when I saw this first time around, I was completely unbothered by it. It was just like, okay, Luke didn't like how they treated Trudy, and now he doesn't like that these girls are hungry. So you know, it seemed innocent enough at first. Fast forward to well, twenty years later, and it doesn't seem so innocent anymore. You got questions. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Luke is a terrible person because I actually really do like Luke. Um, Mm But I'm just like, 
it's a mm. little yeah i've got questions now you know i've got some questions <laughs> like where's the other apple for her sister luke you know they're both hungry <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just wondering though and you know he must have known that they'd taken her boyfriend away oh yeah mm. where <laughs> he's very aware mm-hmm. and then when you add that to his lack of patience with some of the other mall rats mm-hmm yeah, his intentions towards Ellie become questionable. Back at the guy in camp, Amber finally reaches out to Dow and agrees to see him. When I came round, I was outside, and it was morning. I was cold and weak, and I had no food or water. We would have never left if we'd known you were still alive. Where did you go? Back to the city, looking for the virus antidote. Did you find it? After that, we were in great demand. Made a change from hiding all the time. We were top dogs for a while. Kings of the city. Power corrupts, right? We did our best. Maybe even saved a few lives. You should have been there. And she asked about Bray and Abby and is perplexed by Dow's response. So yeah, panel, what would you make of Amber and Dow's reunion here? I'm glad he at least remembered they used to be friends. <laughs> Someone did. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only reason Dal's here, remember? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that is literally the only reason the Guardian was like, you'll witness his execution. <laughs> it's fine. It's not spectacular. It? It's not that. It's not terrible. It's fine. That's all. I, you know what I mean? It's to- It's perfectly fine as a piece of, you know, the acting is good. You know, that elevates it. Mm-hmm. Um. Amber's, you know, from the moment we first saw her, her attitude, her, her emotions have been in the negative, and we don't know why. And this is the first time we've seen a touch of the Amber we remember, and her emotions mm-hmm. are in the positive, and it feels very sincere at how pleased she is to see Dal, and um, their ability to just let bygones be gone, that is always been established from the two of them, Uh in season one, that's just the way they were. They could have misunderstandings, and it didn't matter at the end of the day. You know, they'd always come back yeah. together and forgive each mm-hmm. other, and it was cool. So that still has that dynamic. Dal doesn't care why she stayed away. He's just glad she's alive. There's not a bunch of apologies or explanations needed between these two because that's just the way they work. They just sort of accept each other. So the acting's great, um, and it's a little cute. I, I do like when she like squeezes his shoulder. It's like I'm real, you know. It's stupid, but it's cute. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's because <laughs> Beth Allen's so adorable. I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's a nice human moment. Um, I, I Dal summing up their life in the city. It's interesting. That's Dal's take on it. This is who we were. No real details, and it doesn't really matter anymore. That it's over and. You know, her skimming over what happened, just glossing over the ugly parts and just giving him the highlight reel. That works. You know, I got out, mm-hmm. but I was too hurt to get off the mountain and do anything to help myself. And again, this is all plausible. That could have happened. And so, you know, it's fine. It's nothing spectacular. And don't, it only dips when she starts asking about Bray and Ebony. And uh, mm-hmm. this is your first hint that she would think that Bray and Ebony were together. And you're like, wait, please don't tell me this is hinting at why Ebony Amber stayed away. Please, please don't tell me that you're hinting at this being the reason she stirred work. <laughs> I'm begging you. They've been hinting since episode one. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not even that I think it's weird that she might think there was something going on between them. I, you know what I mean? We've been here before with them, but I'm just like, please yeah. let that, please that, that, that can't be the reason. Okay. Mm. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. It's gotta be deeper than that, please. <laughs> and if it was deeper than that and Amber was annoyed at seeing them together, it'd be okay. Um, like I said, if they did my retcon and mm-hmm. it was simply that Ebony had left Amber to die. Yeah. Seeing the woman who left you to die with your ex-boyfriend would make you mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, that's not the reason she's upset. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going off. The, did it annoy either of you that, you know, uh, when Amber asked Dal if there was anyone special, 
he instantly said, yeah, no, my standards are too high. No one could replace you as if they'd been dating. That is weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh. It's like she, she didn't ask him if he found a new best friend. Yeah, she's clearly speaking on the romantic sense. Yeah, and, and he is when, you know, he doesn't mention Allie. But it's instantly go, no one could replace you, hints to there being much more to that than there actually was. I Again, it feels like they're pulling something from season one. Remember in season one when Sasha asked Dal, you know, would I be overstepping if I tried to make it with your friend? <laughs> and, yeah. Um, Dal mm-hmm. doesn't know how to answer that. Dal's like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, she's like my sister. Just don't play her about, you know? And it, yeah. it, it hinted at a deeper feeling that Dal might have for Amber. But of course, they never did anything with it, you know? Yeah. And no. it does feel like they're plucking at that, that Dal's infatuation with his bestie makes it hard for him to connect with girls on a romantic level, you know? And um, But again, they don't do anything with it. So it's yeah, just. I don't know this, why they put it in <laughs> right it's just like this doesn't yeah. need to be here are you saying you can't fall in love with women who don't remind you of your best friend i just it's weird because you're insinuating his answer insinuates i have a thing for you amber but i've accepted we're just friends so i'm trying to find a clone of you to fall in love with because mm-hmm. you upped my standards of what i want out of a woman mm. yeah that's how it felt and yet he was going to run away with Trudy. Like, it's just like, it's, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> run away nothing with, alike. <laughs> run away with Trudy and he didn't like Danny. Hmm. Right. Thank you. He wasn't into Danny. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I, I get the, the connect, connection between like Ellie and Amber. You know, Ellie yeah. is assertiveness and a point of view and all that stuff. But it's like, Dal's been too inconsistent with his interest to, to say that he just wants a girl that reminds him of Amber. Cause it's like, yeah. um, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah that's it's a weird line of questioning. He's answering the wrong question. He's not answering the question yep. she asked. It's just weird. Cause I didn't think for a second she was asking, have you made any dear friends? Cause last time she checked, yeah. he was boyfriends with Jack. You know what I mean? Like she knows he's yep. made dear friends with people. So mm-hmm. she's clearly asking, have you met, a girl or a goat or you know whatever whatever floats your boat now have you met someone <laughs> <laughs> i don't think she would judge you know, so. and his answer is just a little weird and i'm like okay you guys are you took this from a genuine moment of friends reconnecting and then try to turn it into something else <laughs> that's true yeah <laughs> Thank you for this, Liz. I'm now wondering if there's <laughs> oh, no. a, a, a guy in named Goat to set goat. That up with. <laughs> I'm just saying, no judgment. <laughs> love is love. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a very odd phrasing and way to say it. Um, it's also kind of sad because actually doubt isn't with anyone. <laughs> and it made me really sad, actually, Boy. when I heard it. I was like, oh, actually, yeah. Not given mm, Dal. Poor boy. <laughs> I mean, if they are insinuating that Dal is, you know, secretly in love with his bestie, it works. But you got to be consistent with that across the board. Is he in love with his bestie mm. and has always, you know, pined for her? <laughs> hey, that is consistent. I mean, like, okay. If Amber's his bestie first and then Jack, that's consistent. He has a thing for besties. And everybody else is just second place to her, you know? I mean, maybe that's what he's trying to say, that even his friendships, nobody is a special, like nobody tops the feelings he has for Amber, whether it's platonic or romantic. Like nobody else is that special to me because my standards are too high of the kind of person I want in my life. Everybody else is more like I'm just settling for them. Maybe that's what he means. It's worded weird, but maybe that's what (laughs) Dal is saying, that I have just Mm. the greatest best friend in the world that nobody holds a candle to her, you know? But I mean, he yeah. was gonna make a run with Jet, and she kicked his butt. I don't know. Like I, I don't know what Dal <laughs> likes. I don't. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, if if Ellie hadn't chosen Jack, maybe Dal has a humiliation kink because he keeps <laughs> falling for people who demean him and emasculate him all the time. Yeah, well, to each their own. Exactly. <laughs> no judgment, <laughs> Dal. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure you out, buddy. So we'll get back to that with Carlin later, right? 
<laughs> Dial's kinks. Yeah. I like someone who's going to make me feel like crap and be forgettable. Yep. <laughs> That's my thing, baby. Like, Dal, maybe your standards aren't high enough, to be honest, buddy. You're talking to someone who let you think she was dead for at least two and a half months, dude. Um, mm. Yeah. The boy has issues, that's for sure. He does, and he's the one of the few kids who came from a happy, healthy home. All right, cool. Um, that brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. Pride rescued me. He saved my life. I'm glad. That's why you gave him the ring. What else did you give him? Don't you dare speak to me like that! After what you did? What was my crime, Amber? That I loved you? All the months I spent missing you. All the tears I cried. You know, when things got really rough, I'd ask myself, what would Amber do now? And when I heard that you had died. But you didn't. Amber did. I'm Eagle now. There is no Amber. She died in a fire and she's not coming back. There is no Amber. So just forget her. Um, yeah. What did you think of that confrontation there? Uh, trust Prey to instantly go for, oh, so you're sleeping with him now? <laughs> I mean, just because he's that way doesn't mean everyone is Bray. I was going to say, what were you doing, Bray? <laughs> Oh, you know, he just assumes that to justify his actions, it would make sense to him if she did the same, because that's what he did. In Bray's defense. <laughs> no. Just, no, no, no. Hear me out. I'm, I, I'm, going, I'm bringing it in. I'm bringing it. I'm going to defend him. Um, no. Oh. Bray just found out that the love of his life that he buried and had no choice, but I have to go on with my life. They're dead. I have to find a reason to live. And that's what he did. He stumbled down the mountain, found Danny. She lit the fire in his chest and he forced himself <laughs> to move forward because Amber was dead. She didn't break up with him. She didn't run away. She was dead. And he had to force himself every day to find a reason to live. And he wanted to live and honor her at the same time. And then he fell in love and found happiness only to discover that Amber was not dead. She just allowed him to think that and she's been alive and thriving this whole time. I can understand why Bray would be like, I don't you. That's a betrayal. You betrayed me. You let me think you were dead. What else have you done to betray me? I would have never slept with another woman if I thought you were alive. I thought you were dead. I was moving on with my life. And you, you knew I was alive. You betrayed me. So what else have you done to betray me? I uh, agree. She actually, she actually ghosted him. Yeah, she left him on red. She thought, he thought she was dead. It's not like she just disappeared and he slept with Danny. She was dead. But Amber knew he was alive. And he's also saying, and you knew we thought you were dead. You, it wasn't a misunderstanding. You took your ring. You knew I thought you were dead. And you did nothing to change that and went on with your life. And now you're with, you know, Georgia the jungle over here. Like, are you friggin' serious? Bray is feeling supremely betrayed. And I don't blame him for feeling that way. I told you, if I thought my mom died and I went through the whole thing of grieving my mom and then found out she was just in Florida, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> okay, I'd yeah, be making true, Reddit true. posts about her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's true. You're right. <laughs> like, he has more reason to be angry at Amber than she has to be angry at him. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. No, absolutely agree in that part. Holy crap, are you kidding me? And you won't talk to me? You won't talk to me? You won't even give me an answer? That's what you... I don't even deserve an answer? Are you kidding? I could have pawned that ring! 
Uh, and that poor guy, everything he's been through this past couple of weeks. I didn't even want to stay with the Mallrats, Amber. I did it for you! <laughs> because they told me that's what Amber would have wanted. I stayed with those crazy people for you! Uh, yeah, I'm just in defense okay, of Ray. Right, yeah. <laughs> he has every right to be losing it and accusing her of anything. I, I, I'm just thinking, he only dated Danny because of her. Yup. Oh. Well, yeah, let's not forget he kept dreaming of Amber every single night. Every night! <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Bray des he deserves. <laughs> he gets to be mad. He gets to be mad. You're right. <laughs> sure. Amber gets, <laughs> she gets to be offended that he would say this, considering what she believes. She believes mm. he betrayed her first. Even if the reason is the dumbest reason on earth, she believes he betrayed her first. So she's allowed to be insulted, you know. Um, but Bray's reasons for feeling the way he feels are not dumb. <laughs> they are completely valid. That's very true. And it makes so much sense for Bray instantly asking that. Like, I don't know who you are. Because the woman I loved would not have done something like this. Yeah, I did like that last part. She died in that fire. <laughs> we go now. And uh, yeah. I, I actually think it's um, again. I still think Amber's reasons are dumb, but those are if that's how mm -hmm. she feels. Her reaction also works in this argument. Yeah. She doesn't think she owes him anything because she believes he betrayed her trust first. And how did, dare he have the audacity to demand answers from her for the choices she made due to his betrayal? Mm. You know, and uh, again, her reasons are dumb, but those are her reasons. And so, if we have mm. to. If we have to deal with those reasons, her her emotions make sense. And um, you know, like, how dare you come to me demanding answers? You're the one who wronged me. I don't have to tell you anything, you know. And, and, she, uh, and you know what the stupid part is? Even if she felt he wronged her, how did he wrong her by something he would have done long before he knew her? Yeah, you know, we're not gonna get into oh, it. Yeah, um, we'll get into that. <laughs> oh, don't. <sighs> Just, focusing, <laughs> just, just focusing on her emotions based on those really dumb reasons. Ah, yes. Amber, proof that teenagers are stupid. <laughs> Insanity defense. That's what we're going to go for. Woo! Uh, but yeah, alone, this actually works. You know, when you think about their two points of view and the hurt they would be feeling towards each other. This makes sense. I'm Team Bray, a hundred percent here, mm -hmm. and uh, because I think mm -hmm. his reasons for being betrayed are make way more sense than her reasons for feeling betrayed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I would have lost my mind if I was Bray, um, especially after the week he has had. He, they are lucky that this is not America and he could get his hands on a gun because Bray would be yep. on a clock tower right now. Uh, yeah. Can I just say, like, Dwayne like, has his ups and downs. He was acting really well in this episode. Yeah, he was. He was. Like, when he was crying, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know what he was channeling in that moment. But yeah. yeah, he pulled something out there. He was like, well, she definitely deserved to be slapped back. Like, let's let's be equal here. If you're going to slap him because he betrayed you and insulted you, he you definitely deserve to him to clock you back. <laughs> <laughs> we won't condone that on this podcast, but <laughs> hey, she hit him first. I'm, I'm an right, egalitarian. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, but yeah. Oh, that's what we do with now. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> uh. <laughs> The fact that he doesn't hit her says so much about how much he freaking loves this woman. Because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people who would throttle you if you had done this to them. I'm just saying. I will I will never hit a woman, but I'll shake the shit out of her. But I will yeet her off a balcony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, Bray has every reason to go mm -hmm. postal right now. Mm. Am I seriously deducting that Danny was the most sane person he dated? She might have been. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, and yet, if, if they didn't include this ridiculous reason for why Amber's 
you know, being the way she is, she obviously gets a point, you know, points across the board for being the mm. sanest and well, most well adjusted. But they had the poor writers had to make this work because somebody on the team was like, no, this has to be the reason. <laughs> and it's like, why would you do that to Amber's character? Yeah. Um, I mean, granted, this is not the worst character assassination Amber will get. We can get that in season five. But um, <laughs> I'm like, I get it. Oh, you want yeah. him. <laughs> Why did it's you like, remind me? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's just. She wants to piss me off. That's why she said that. <laughs> and you know what? What makes it weird is it's very clear that Amber is a favorite on the whoever's in charge of the team. You know mm. what I mean? Amber's a favorite, and I'm not going to begrudge them that. Sometimes we have characters that we just love, and we love creating for them, we love writing for them, and putting them in scenarios. And Amber's a great character. But if you love your character so much, I don't understand why you would write something that makes them look worse. This doesn't yeah. make Amber look better. You want her to be blameless, which, fair enough, it's not Beth's fault they killed off her character. They want to bring her back, and they don't want Beth to get the blowback for that. Fine. But this way of making her look blameless doesn't make Amber look good. It ends up making her look worse, like really bad. Looks very really stupid. stupid. Yeah, and mean towards people like Dal. Right. Mm. You're like, it's like you don't want to see your boy toy again. Sure, but what about the guy who's been with you through everything? You know, you let your best friend think you were dead, and yeah. we'll find out the reason. It's like, are you serious? That's why you allowed Dal to mourn you? Yeah. No, you're right. It's so odd that they That's did just not choose a better reason. It's, it's just so odd, yeah. They, they were forced to do this storyline. They had to have been. So many better ways, literally. So yeah, you know, Team Bray, this is a good scene. And um, they're emoting beautifully. And they're just lucky that Bray didn't burn this whole place to the ground. Yep. It all stems from not wanting her to take any responsibility for what she chose to do. And I think it would have been way more interesting if Amber had to take responsibility for saying, you know what, in that moment, you know, after all the things we went through and I almost died and there I am on that mountain and I'm looking at these graves and I had two choices. I could struggle. I could get back on the struggle bus and try to get back to you guys, knowing what awaited me in the city, knowing there would never be any peace any calm, any real happiness, or I could just let it go. That would have been so much more compelling for Amber's character. Yeah. But that means they'd have to let her take the blame, and they didn't want to do that. But we've said it before, it's the same with Bray. They just won't let them take responsibility for most things. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> that would have been an interesting thing for he and Amber to have to build back from. You know, her actually actively making the choice of her own volition that I just chose peace. That's what I chose. I'm sorry, Bray. I, I didn't. My intention wasn't to hurt you. I figured you couldn't be hurt anymore. If I was dead, I'm already gone. You know, and I had a I had a chance to let it all go. And we know that she's been tempted by that choice before. Mm -hmm. And. This was the. This would have been a very easy time to just say, "I, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm so tired. I'm exhausted, yeah. and my friends already think I'm gone." And then here comes pride, you know, swooping in, and like, "Wow, this is so peaceful." I didn't. She didn't think about it. She didn't have to do anything to become a guy in. She was taken care of, probably for the first time since the virus. They catered to her. She didn't have to jump on her feet and take care of anybody else. They nursed her. They catered to her. They adopted her. They gave her a home. She didn't have to create one out of a mm -hmm. bunch of misfits. That would be understandable mm -hmm. for someone who, once she was well, be like, you know what? I could go back, but I don't want to lose this peace that I haven't felt since I lost everything. And wow. Her and and that would have been fine. Yeah, that would have been compelling. But it means Amber would have to say, yes, I chose to let you think that because I was choosing my own personal well-being over everyone else for once. I'm sorry, you know, but no, we no. can't have that because it's not we dramatic have, enough. It's not even that. I just can't have her or Bray make <laughs> any selfish decisions <laughs> at all. And I personally wouldn't, I wouldn't have lost my respect for a character that I 
freaking worshipped in season one. They took that from me, you guys. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Sabine. <laughs> I still love her, but yeah. There's no denying this storyline hurts. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'll discuss the stupid photo next episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. On that note, that brings Series 3, Episode 6 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if I take part in a future of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode seven. Until then, bye. Bye. Bye.